it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Grounds Crew. We are back home at the HQ uh, for another episode. Bill, how are you doing? I'm feeling great. Uh, it's crazy with the trade deadline coming up, mm-hmm. all the rumors, things getting thrown out. Uh, looks like it's going to be an arm race this year. Oh, absolutely. Now, before we get into all that, because there is so much to unpack, uh, we haven't actually had a chance to sit down and uh, just kind of rehash a little bit All-Star Weekend. Guys, also, if you haven't listened, we got the Legend Series out, a bunch of interviews we did with some uh, legendary players. Go listen to that if you haven't already after this podcast. Um, All-Star Weekend, do you have a favorite moment? Oh, wow. So I have a favorite mo- moment that I'll keep to myself. Okay. Uh, and then I have a favorite moment that I'll, you know, just kind of share a little bit with everybody is mm-hmm. uh, getting to be in Player's House and talk with some of the former players. You and I are baseball fans, right? We watched the game. We studied the game. We know the players. And we knew going in who we were going to get a chance to talk to. Uh, the person who I think that once we knew we were lined up and we were going to get to talk to him and then hearing him and just kind of getting to spend a little bit of time with him. Um, Andre Dawson for me was the coolest interview that we did. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that for a, a kid who doesn't know, you know, he was like the, the Mike Trout. He was the Bryce Harper yeah. of his era, uh, hall of famer, and to hear him talk about, you know, you got to keep kids interested in the game. You have mm-hmm. to connect with them and the things that he talked about there. And, like, as an older player being so, like, hey, let's keep the game the way it is, but how do we find ways of connecting it? Yep. Get on the field, show the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So that way you're you're offering new uh, without, you know, changing the game. That, for me, was uh, a really cool time, and, and I really enjoyed spending it with him. What yeah. about you? Yeah, no, that was definitely one of the top uh, top moments for me. Also, I love the one we did with Pence. I think he brought a ton of energy and Hunter's a dog. He's just a great guy, and like I think we just had a really awesome conversation. We were both really kind of passionate about it. Um, but for me, it was uh, and unfortunately you didn't get to like really experience this. But like we, uh, me and uh, Josh and John and Corey, yep, uh, we got to go on the field before the Futures game, before the All Star game, before the Derby. Um, and just be around the players and make content and uh, meet people and stuff. And for me, that was that was wild. Yeah. Because like like obviously I wanted to play in the big leagues and all that stuff. But like to be where how, how we got there and like kind of being around the, like the people that I you know really enjoy being around and just kind of being able to share that moment of like wow look where we are looking up into the stands yep. and seeing all these people and seeing like just just kind of being casually next to Aaron Judge like. Shohei Otani, like all these guys, it was just wild, and it, it was just like mind-boggling. Every every kind of you know we were grinding away, running around, doing great stuff, and and every few moments I kind of had to just kind of take a minute and be like, wow, this is yeah, this is crazy. I think in in recapping everything, that's where I really felt like you know take a step back, and one of my favorite moments, the moment I won't share, mm-hmm. uh, was very similar to that one. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and it was. Uh, it was really crazy to just have that first opportunity and get to do all that fun stuff. And then for me, 
you know my role with everything that we do mm-hmm. is I, I'm a step a layer behind most of the time outside mm-hmm. of the show where I'm here all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm a layer behind with everything else. So watching all of you guys get to do those things and, and, and kind of everybody who was there on our team from, you know, videographers, photographers, content creators, it was everybody's moment that they would have ever dreamed of to do, mm-hmm. you know, following professional athletes, getting the behind the scenes access, doing all that stuff. So for me, very fulfilling to get to watch that. So it was yeah. super cool. Super cool. So awesome. Great weekend. Just all around. I just had a blast. But now we're, we're back in the, in the HQ and the trade deadline is approaching. Uh, today is July 28th. 31st is the deadline. And I feel like because there's so many big pieces on the table still, and there's you know a lot of rumors floating around about everybody and where yeah. they're going to be. So I feel like in the next 24 hours, I'd imagine probably by the time this comes out, it will like some moves will have to be made. But I like it, we're we're getting right there. I know that it's close. Twitter's firing away at 24 hours a day of yeah. who's going where, what's going on. Um, who like let's just go go layer by layer. So so far. Um, Nelson Cruz has been dealt. Yep. Rich Hill, Adam Frazier, uh, Andrew Chafin, uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Anderson just got sent to the – or he's about to get sent to the um, to the Mariners. It was, like, reported that he uh, was going to the Phillies and then it, like, fell through for whatever reason. So lefty pitcher, pretty good. Everybody's kind of looking for that, that back-end arm. He was also a guy that was potentially going to the Mets. To the Mets also, time. yeah. Yep. Big, there's there's a few like big name pitchers that are on the uh, on the block right now, Scherzer, uh, John Gray of the. Uh, I of think the at Rockies. this point Scherzer is like a stone cold lead pipe lock that he's gonna get moved. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, the Nationals just had uh, confirmation last night. Mm-hmm. Strasburg's done for the year. Yes, I saw that. Um, and he might not. You know, ever be the same. He got the thoracic out- outlet surgery, oh, really? um, which is the same thing that happened to uh, Matt Harvey, Matt Harvey, and, yeah. a, and a number of other guys. Uh, it 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 seems to end up that you can get back to maybe ninety percent of who you are. Mm. But at that point in time, once you have that, you're starting to fall down, yeah. um, and there's going to be regression. So the Nationals' window of like their dominant pitching mm-hmm. was already coming to a yen- an end. But with him officially being knocked out. I would say at this point you have to think that uh, Scherzer is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and with how much teams are all in on him, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to end up being a decent haul for the Nationals. So I feel yeah. like they have to get it done. I mean, they were. I thought it was very bold of them to say, I think it was like yesterday, they were just like, listen, everybody mm-hmm. except Soto, we'll trade him. It, real quick. And then Trey Turner got pulled last night. And people thought he was gone. People thought he was gone. They're like, no, he like hurt his COVID. hand or something. No, COVID. COVID. Oh, COVID. That's right. Yeah. COVID guy. Originally on Twitter, they were like, oh, he slid into third and looked uncomfortable. But then it's like, no, yep. he has COVID. Yep. Honestly, that felt very, like, really good timing there of, oh, you just yanked it from the game because he has COVID. Yeah. But also, he could be traded. Yeah. That just seemed a little <laughs> weird to me, but whatever. Maybe not. I, I, I have a hard time thinking after who Trey Turner has been for them. That they would even consider trading Trey Turner. I think the only yeah. reason why the Nationals would trade Turner at this point mm-hmm. is if you're going with a complete rebuild around Soto. Right. If you're getting rid of everything you have, you're getting a whole bunch of 21, 22, 23 year old players who are the top of the game. That's the only thing I, I would move, you know, Turner for. So a per- perfect example, like I would send Trey Turner to the Yankees if they were going to give 
Glaber Torres and something else, mm-hmm. right? Because at that point in time, Turner goes in, fixes for them what is a shortstop situation. You get to move to uh, the, the the National League, stay in the East so he doesn't have to go far. Glaber's a young, promising player with a ton of upside mm-hmm. who has shown he can hit in the in the league. Yeah. Um, if not, he's a you know a multi-time All-Star. He he's a really really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, he becomes cost controlled. They can reset, fit their timeline. So I, I could see Trey Turner getting moved. Uh, I think COVID at this point now knocks him out completely. He he probably couldn't be traded because mm-hmm. the deadline's fast, rapidly yeah, he approaching. Won't be, he won't be available until and, after the fact. And if that's considered an injury, you can't trade an injured player, right? right? Unless he has to pass certain protocols, but. You know, yeah, I I, know, somebody wouldn't be able to do a medical thing to to say mm-hmm. if the trade was good until he clears protocol. So, uh, very interesting. Again, I would say Scherzer's the dude. He every team wants pitching. Pitching yeah. midseason is going to get you the most return for your guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who I think that they're going to reset, reload. Where do you think Scherzer ends up? It's going to be. I hate to say this, but it's probably going to be like Dodgers or Padres. If I was a, if if you were a betting man and we talked to Hunter, mm-hmm. right? Pitching is what I think. The, oh yeah, also the Giants. I yes. think and he said he wants to go to the NL West. Yeah, right. He wants mm-hmm. to be a West it's Coast. It's going to be one of those three teams. Yeah. I would say if I'm the San Francisco Giants and I want to actually be the team, I have to do whatever is necessary to get Scherzer. I cannot allow him to go to the Dodgers or the Padres and solidify what they have on their squads. Mm-hmm. I need to addition by like I need to do addition by blockage. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's Scherzer not only makes you better, mm-hmm. he keeps the teams you're competing against worse. Yep. And I, I mean like here's the thing too though, like Hunter was saying this, like they've been loading up their farm system and getting yeah. some prospects, but do they want to go all in this year and they're like the Nationals are probably going to ask for those guys. So it's like kind of what lesser of two evils? I and, guess. And but Hunter was of the mind. You got to You got to shoot gotta, the shot. Yep, absolutely. Right, because you never know when you're going to be back to this point. You never know where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have some guys. I think if 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 you're talking that you are going to give up two top hundred prospects, but not your best prospect mm-hmm. for Scherzer, I think you do it. The dude just started the All Star game. Yeah. You know he's still that guy. Um, you also have the ability to re-sign him. And if he moves and he goes somewhere else, you probably based off of rights and things, mm-hmm. they probably get a first round pick in return for him also. So you gotta look at what you would end up yielding even if he walked away and didn't resign with you. Mm-hmm. If he does resign with them after the year, Scherzer goes and sits on the top of your, your pitching staff and you still have a dominant pitcher for a couple years. Because mm-hmm. I don't see him even though he's not the Scherzer of old, I don't see that guy falling off tremendously over the next two no, years where he becomes not. unusable. Um, do you want to pay him $30 million plus a year? Probably not. But if you told me that you guys signed Scherzer for a two-year $45 million contract, I wouldn't kill you, right? Like, he's going to hit that at least next year, yeah. and then you might be overpaying the year after depending on how he drops. But I, I think that the team I think has to do it is San Francisco. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's the game changer for them. Yeah. For sure. And I think that changes the entire my outlook of the West and, and where they're at mm-hmm. and what they do. I was also you and me have spoken about it. I thought that they were out of their like that there was no shot that the Padres were gonna make more moves. And then they go and they bring in Frazier. Now I don't think they really had to give up very, very much to get him. They gave no, they up didn't. But a lot of people were like 
where are you going to stick them? Like he's, so, Hosmer's on the on the um, block Hosmer's now. Hosmer's on the block. Yeah, Looks like they're trying to do that. They also look like they're trying to go out and get Gallo. Like mm-hmm. you and me, and, and we, again, we talked to Hunter. I didn't think that their lineup was that deadly. They obviously agree because it sounds like they're also in on Gallo. Yeah. So like they're like, hey, we think we're good, but we don't think our lineup is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Tatis makes us look better than we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I and, and Machado. Um, I'm shocked that they're so active. I can't think that they have what's left to get a guy like Scherzer over the Giants if the Giants want him. I agree with that. I think it's Scherzer to the Giants and then Berrios to the Padres. Padres or Dodgers, okay. who puts together the better package. But I do think Berrios is going to be moving. Um, I also thought this, this came out yesterday. I thought it was very interesting and also like probably more common than people realize. I'm sure a lot of clubhouses are kind of in a weird spot yes. when guys are getting moved, and mainly, uh, or I guess what just came out, the Mariners, uh, they moved, who was it, Kendall Graveman, young guy, mm-hmm. um, and everyone was furious about it. Like, all the players, one, here's a quote, are you effing kidding me? It never changes. They don't care about winning. How do you trade him and say you care about winning, and you trade him to Houston? It never changes. And then, uh, and then they're talking about like the GM. He hasn't come down here. He sits up in his suite playing fantasy baseball and rips apart our team without telling us anything. Another player sent a text. No one has heard a thing. I've seen a lot of teammates walk out the door, but one, though this one hurts the most and is the most effed up. Uh, the team deserves an explanation. Like he's like a stud player for them. Oh um, yeah, listen, I can. Kendall Graveman is solid, if not like a superstar, mm-hmm. but it sounds like he was a cultural fit. Yeah, and yep. and and the guys loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you 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 look at his last couple of years; like he's been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why everybody's super shocked that he got moved. Um, but I think it's also more because it went to the Astros. Yeah, like that's also why. Like I saw the Vegas odds come out about Scherzer, and like they were like Mets three to one. No. They were never in a million years going to trade him to the Mets. It just wasn't going to happen. I think they'd trade him to the Mets if the Mets were willing to put in well, he also Fran- has a no trade Francisco no trade. Alvarez. Yeah, right? maybe. I but. think that it, this goes back to, again, I use the Knicks as a comparison. Spencer Dinwiddie's a free agent, and he's from the Nets. But he's talked so much junk about the Knicks in his tenure mm-hmm. that I would never want him on the Knicks, even if he was the best player in the world. Right. I don't want necessarily Scherzer on the team, but I don't think Scherzer wants to be a Met. No, I think he looks not. at this and is like, no guys, like I, I, I love all y'all, but like, I, I would lo- I'll take a trade to help the team, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to a team that I've hated for the last you know X amount of years. Yeah. They've knocked us out, we've knocked them out. They, they've gone to a World Series. Like, I, no, I'm, I'm, that can't happen. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think it could if, if they were like, yo, Max, yeah, like, the, I don't think they offered Max. us like, Beatty, Alvarez. And that like Crow Armstrong, it's like mm, yeah, you gotta. I'll go for sure. you guys, like yeah. sure. But like also, I'd be very angry. I'd be very angry as well. <laughs> um, I just don't think that's happened. And and bringing up the Mets, I, the the Cubs, the Cubs have everybody is in fire sale mode on the Cubs. Like yeah. everybody's available. I have now come to the idea that I don't want anyone from the Cubs. Not even Craig Kimbrell. So the, my 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 issue with Kimbrel is, I don't see that. I actually don't think the Mets need Kimbrel. 
I think the Mets bullpen has been overtaxed for a long while now. Oh, definitely. And I think that when the players get to the point that they will be rested, mm. I think the performances of everybody involved would go up. I think the Mets bullpen has been very deep. Mm-hmm. Familias look look great. His 98-mile-an-hour sinker the other night Turbo. is is the player that when he was absolutely lights out and he Our was closer a great closer, yeah. He, yeah. he was a stud when he had that. If mm-hmm. he has that move back, he's it's a wrap. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Loop's been great for them. Trevor May's up and down, but again, I think yeah. that that comes back with there's a lot of things that have been asked of the yeah. bullpen. I mean, they've, they've been asked on multiple occasions on super short notice to go eight innings. Yes. Like, and and done well. Bullpen, like, you're this, you're run, the start. Like, yeah. Like when they they had a start the other night that they pitched a shutout and the bullpen did the whole thing. Yep. There wasn't a starting pitcher in the game, right? The mm-hmm. guy who pitched the first inning pitched one inning. Yep. Like and, and the Mets blanked them in that game. So I don't think more bullpen help is the answer for them. Um, and that and then also how much Kimbrel is going to cost to acquire. Mm-hmm. I just don't look at it as a a super value add. Now the Mets are more in win now mode than they've been in recent years. Mm-hmm. But the players that the Mets have who are their best prospects in the minor leagues all play the positions that the Mets are going to need in the next two seasons. Yeah. Right? So you look at it and you go, hey, like second base, Jeff McNeil is older, right? He might oh, be the a, guy long term. I got a little thing about that. Oh, my Lance, I'm excited. Third base, J.D. Davis has been incredible, but he's a, he's a piece that a lot of people Statistically, has been better than Chris Bryant over the last couple of seasons. Right, and, and if you look at the two of them right now, they're roughly the same player for this year. Yeah. Right? Uh, but in a very, very limited exposures for J.D. Davis. Yeah. But J.D. is an 800, uh, 820 OPS guy in his career. Bryant is an 880 guy. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, Brian is making $17 million and is about to approach. The Mets still control J.D. Davis for three more seasons. Mm-hmm. I think you stay with J.D. Davis. He's not, That's not the position of needed upgrade. Yeah. Uh, I you think keep for, him going, and then when it's time for Beatty or Vientos, yep, 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 make yep. it And that's my thing. Is like, and those guys are even moving into the outfield. The yep. Mets don't need the Mets don't need the same level of everyday starter. Yeah. The Nets, the Mets need an absolute impact guy. Um, and that's the thing is like they need to find a guy who's an absolute monster if they're going to trade for somebody. Right. I just don't think that person's available. Now, yep. what's your what's your insider what's info? Uh, well, I, mean, I wouldn't say it's insider, but um, I saw an interview on Twitter today that uh, free agent Javi Baez said the only place that he would be willing to move over to second base is the New York Mets because he wants to play with Francisco Lindor more than anybody else. Would you accept that? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I, I saw that I was like a one million percent. Come on over. Hobby's got all of the stuff that I don't like, mm-hmm. but Hobby is a impact bat. Yeah. Right. And I think that there's a difference between somebody who's a really good player and an impact bat. And Jeff McNeil has proven that he is a really good hitter. Mm-hmm. Right. And he is now starting to catch on, and he's sitting for more power, yes, he and, and he's figured out some stuff. It looks like he's changed his setup at the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little more loaded early, uh, and, and and that's cool. Uh, I would take I would take Javi. Listen, I would take Javi if they were willing to take Jeff. That's if, if this is a situation where hey, we'll send you Jeff, and we'll send you a, a mid tier. Uh, prospect who's like again using the Mets system we know it pretty well Vientos 
Vientos is smashing home runs at the mm-hmm. at the double A level. Yeah. I think he's almost at twenty home runs on the he year. Might be losing Bryant this year, he can fill the spot. He can go to third base. Yeah. That frees up the Mets at third base because currently Beatty is considered a better prospect than Vientos overall. He's mm-hmm. a better defender, has equal power. Mm-hmm. Um, they're within six months of each other age-wise, so that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But they're both congesting the same spot in the lineup, um, so that would just ex- allow you to shift. Uh, they. I would I would do that if they would take McNeil, um, and I think that if they did that and they took Javi, like that changes the the what I said. That's an impact bat. Yep. That's somebody that the Mets could make a move for, and I'd be like, okay, cool. The other thing I've said to you is, I, I'm down to do a swap of Conforto for somebody at this point because mm-hmm. he's coming up at the end of his contract, right? He's going to be a free agent. Yep. He's got rights. He's going to want stuff, but he's having his worst statistical season of his entire career. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to sell low? Do you want to yeah. sell low on that guy? No. But if if you ultimately told me that there's a guy who has been better better player than him recently, mm-hmm. I would package Conforto and somebody else. Right. Again, a Vientos he, level the, guy. If he's the piece that adds up to getting a pitcher that we need, yeah, I'm willing. To, I'm willing to do that because the Mets have too much in the outfield at, at current mm-hmm. with guys who can play it where they can play it. They're misaligned. I mean, I, I would say if they could trade Conforto and get a center fielder like a stud, mm-hmm. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Um, because if you could get George Springer for Conforto in a piece, I'd do it. Yeah. Right? I think that resets what the Mets were originally looking if at any, with him anyway. Anything, it wouldn't be Springer, it would be Buxton. Because he's the... the I pre- don't want Buxton. He, he's the, I'm just saying, he's like the premier outfielder that's available right now. I just don't look at Buxton and think that we could do that. Um, because uh, that, that would hurt... That would hurt him. That would hurt us too much. Probably. Because if he only ends up playing forty percent of the games for what he would cost to acquire, mm. not worth it. Yeah. Right. He's also a free agent after this year. So. Right. I, I just again, I, I'm not here for that. Yeah. Um. The 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 Yankees made a trade. Looked like they cleared up some of their forty man roster spots. Yep. They got they rid moved, of two relievers. Uh, who is it? Wilson, Sessa. Yeah. Wilson and Sessa to the Reds. Yep. Which. I know. Us Yankee fans are still like pissed about like what's going on there. Um. And I feel like there's there's been a lot of talk on like like everyone's just trying to play the blame game. Where do you does this originate from Cashman or is this? I feel like it's Cashman. Like, like you assembled this team, they're just playing how they're gonna play. Um, I I think that this is a double edged sword. Are the Yankees bad? Well, they shouldn't be, but we've also talked about that they were made to be good in season, and not in the playoffs. Like the way that they work, because I, I heard a bunch of different people talking about how they view their analytics department and like just that there's a flaw in how they go about things. So I feel like there's a lot of different layers to why this team is failing. And it but that's my, thing is it, it, that's my thing is it, it, I don't think that they're failing. I think that the Yankee fan... Or they're just not succeeding. So that's the bigger deal. Yeah. Right? The Yankees are still misbuilt the way that everybody said it. They took some risks and some shots on pitchers to try to get there. Mm-hmm. And the pitchers didn't work out. Right. Right. The Yankees are pitching away from being able to handle it, but they're sitting with a positive record. They have a winning record. Mm-hmm. Their biggest issue is is that the uh, two other teams in the division are better than them. They're built better. They're built more aligned, and then they're also succeeding in the way the Yankees haven't. We talk about in in past episodes. The Yankees are built in a way 
that they're going to do well in their regular season, and they're going to mm-hmm. allow the analytics to play themselves out. The Yankees could all of a sudden go on a stretch where they win, right, 15 out of their next 20 games. Yeah, because the right? thing is, too, like, and everyone's like, yo, Yankee season's over, but they're only two games out of the wild card. Like, there's a very, like, easy chance that they're around in the, in the postseason for a minute. And that's why, for me, I, I don't think Cashman's to blame mm-hmm. because I just think that a Yankee fan didn't doesn't like the fact that what we said about them is true. Their pitching is not good, even though they were ranked by ESPN as one of the top five pitching rotations, which was LOL. Like drunk, drunk analysis when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, now it just looks straight up like you were on an acid trip. Yep. Um, <laughs> but their lineup is still potent. They can still hit. They still have pieces in a lot of different places. I, I, I just don't think that. I think everybody wanted guys to be playing way better than they are. And it's like, dude, you, your guys are mostly playing who they've been. Mm-hmm. You know, the only guy I'd say who's underperformed is Glaber, but we've talked on the show. Glaber can't play shortstop. Like, it just doesn't look like it's his position. Yeah. And you're forcing him to play shortstop in New York City where there's a lot of pressure to be good at shortstop position, mm-hmm. right? Derek Jeter has made it that the most important position on the field for a Yankee is shortstop. Yep. When Didi was there, Didi was really good. Was he a super electric high-end player? No, but he was an above-average shortstop for them, and he had the heart, soul, and hustle that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So he was able to proxy for Jeter on that team. He could be the heart in the engine. Glaber's not that dude, and it doesn't look like he wants to be that dude. He's not the flashy superstar player like a guy like Tatis. He's just a really good player, but he's playing out of position Mm -hmm. in a very demanding spot. I think they've got to find a way of getting him off that that thing, but then they're misbuilt again. Because yep. where are you, who are you putting at shortstop if you don't have him there? You don't have an answer. But now well, that's the big the big talk for them was Trevor Story. So and, and like I I love the idea of Story coming to there and playing shortstop, but then it becomes the musical chairs for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Who's then? Where are you putting Glaber? Well, that's also the question: is is he part of the trade? I don't I don't think so, honestly, because I don't I think the Rockies, based on seeing him play and for the Yankees that they know he's not the answer at shortstop either. Yeah. So maybe But do the Rockies care? They might not. Do the Rockies have all their positions that they could put him at? To the Rockies, the Yankees have a clear issue. The Yankees' clear issue is Gio Urshela has played well at third base. Mm-hmm. Right? To the Way point beyond what he was asked. To, to the to the point now, and, and I gotta I gotta even pull Gio up a little bit, but Gio has played to the point that you can't not give Gio Urshela at bats and you can't put him you can't not put him in the lineup. Absolutely, he's, he's an everyday guy. So so again, yeah, he's batting two seventy eight on this season with eleven home runs. Um, he's twenty nine years old and he's got around an eight hundred OPS. I, do I think that Gio is an uh, insurmountable person at third? No. But, like, why are you doing it to, mm-hmm. to, make, to, to make him worse? But then your other problem is DJ LeMahieu, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's the biggest issue that Yankees fans have. Every Yankee fan was screaming that they needed to re-sign DJ LeMahieu. Mm-hmm. And then he went from his last two years batting 320 plus. Like last year, he batted 364 in a shortened Yankee season, had a thousand OPS. He's now 712, but his OPS for his career 781. He's playing more like the player he's always been, and not the Yankee guy, yeah. right? Yankee Stadium but has always allowed him. He's very to be versatile. He plays three, three and a half positions for him. Right, and I think if you're going to tell me that you're going to move DJ permanently to first base. Mm-hmm. Then I would say then you're gonna move 
uh, Glaber to second, keep Geo at third. That's the ideal world. Is whatever and, their trade happens is that that position swap because like. We talked about it. As much as I love Luke Voigt as a player, he's not the long-term solution. Well, also, like I don't. Do they need a guy at first base who bangs thirty-five home runs? No, no. Because the reality is, is that there are guys who play the outfield and DH bang thirty-five plus home runs. Right. So you already have the heavy, heavy hitter. If Lemayhu can just get back to being his career batting average three hundred two, he's currently two sixty-seven. If he can just get back to a three hundred two batting average, he's a he's a productive player. And he's never going to be a super home run hitter for you. But if he can bang 20 home runs, play a higher quality first base Mm -hmm. than who you've had in the past, I think that that's value for them. Um, So I would see the Yankees, that's a a clear opportunity for them to do something. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Again, like I said earlier in the episode, these next 48 hours we're going to see some some crazy stuff going on. I think once the first one happens, everyone's just going to start going because then they'll know, like, where the the momentum shifts are um who who else is i mean hosmer i think is going to be interesting if that I, that was a late like hey yeah. he's on the table yeah and i think it's because they're trying to move on to somebody they, they want to swing frazier or cronenworth to first base and then go get some different maybe a bigger more power outfield bat like a gallo um so i think if they do that if they get that big power bat and maybe a pitcher for, for uh, maybe like a Barrios, the Padres go from like, hey, y'all probably in the wild card the way the Giants are going to you guys might take this division over quickly because it's all very pretty close over there. Yeah, again, I, I, I look at it and I say like, who are you getting and when? Um, and, and what does that have going on? But um, I don't know what that's going to end up looking like. Right, I don't know who that's going to end up having, who who they're going to get, but like Hosmer at first base, I I, I don't know who are they slotting over first. Well, one of one of the two, I think probably Frazier. I'd have to guess. But that's my thing. You you have a light, a very light hitting second baseman that you're mm-hmm. anticipating that you're going to move over to first base. Um, the only thing I could say is, do they think they're moving Jake Cronenworth over to first base? It's going to be one of the two. I think it, more the, Frazier because um, they like want him as a super utility guy, and Cronenworth's already been very reliable at second. Yeah. So that's that's really more where I, like who I would see that happen. But I would to. say that Frazier's a better unless, player than Cronenworth, unless they get Gallo. And then stick him at first base, and then put Frazier in the outfield. But Gallo's also a great outfielder. That's my He's thing. Really I, I, I think that, I think so. I think Gallo stays at the outfield, and that's where they're trying to then get their pop. Yeah, is like we're moving pop from first, second base to our outfield position, mm. and then we're doing something else from there. Um, but I, I, Hosmer is a piece. I just I, I don't know if he's enough to get them anything big. But you're now misaligned. You're 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 you have a problem like the Mets have had. Where you have guys playing out of position, like I'm, I'm super proud of Dom Smith becoming a left fielder because mm-hmm. he's really become that he can play left field. Uh, but there, there was a moment there where, yeah, we got a first baseman playing left field who yep. looks like a first baseman. Yep. Um, and, and I think that when you do that, you're you always lose a little bit of the bat because somebody's spending so much time playing out of position that they're thinking about their position. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in the past with Daniel Murphy when he was playing different positions, trying to figure stuff out. You, you've seen it with other guys who make that position change, and it's just hard to mentally overcome it. Yeah. We will see. The trade deadline ends on July 31st, I believe, at 4 o'clock. It's going to be interesting. 
Guys, leave us a comment. Who do you think is going to be traded in the next couple days? Where are they going? And which team is really going to make the biggest impact? Let us know in the comments. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. See you guys next time. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>